You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. Whenever the miners do not lead the metal, I'm always in caution mode. I don't believe in the move in gold is, is, is quite ready. You're going to get another significant pullback in it, or, or even correction, I should say. And then you'll get a great lifetime buying opportunity. I mean, like a 1999-2000 opportunity to own gold. Within the next few years, you would expect that to oh, happen? Absolutely. absolutely. I would say, you know, 18 months to 24 months, gold sets up as one of the best trades you'll ever have. Thank you for tuning in to Mining Stock Education. I'm Bill Powers. And in today's show, we're going to be getting an update from master trader Nick Santiago of InTheMoneyStocks.com. Nick, welcome back onto the show for the monthly check-in. We're looking at September, October, sometime that can be treacherous for the general equities. Do you have any worries about a possible steep sell-off in the general equities this fall? Oh, I definitely do. I think this is this is showtime. You know, historically speaking, September and October are very, very turbulent and tough periods for the markets. You got to remember, um, this market has basically gone up in a straight line almost each and every month. Every sell-off, including a sell-off that we saw this week, seems to get reversed with buyers. So it's buy the dip mentality all the way through and through this whole entire year. So um, I definitely think you got to be careful. There's also lots of chatter that there'll be a Fed tapering going on. I'm not so sure I buy into that. But just the fact that if the Fed is starting to think about curtailing their $120 billion a month asset purchases, that could uh, you know ruffle some feathers in the stock market. So I definitely think you have to be careful in September and October coming up. And I think August is still a, a pretty turbulent month in and of itself. So what we saw in the debacle in Afghanistan, that can cause to lack of faith in the U.S. government. How do you see geopolitical events like that affecting the markets relative to Fed policy? Well, historically speaking, when a president's approval rating goes down, it usually does affect the market at some point. I don't think this Afghanistan uh, debacle is going to cause the markets to really crater at the moment, but I think it can really have a big effect in several weeks from now. And why I say that is, is simply because the market right now is just really concerned about the Fed's uh, presence. Is the Fed going to stay there? Is there going to be continued Federal Reserve put by Jay Powell in place? And I think if you get um, more problems coming out of Afghanistan, obviously, um, we could see this leadership is really not the greatest leadership. You're seeing this president really has a tough time handling questions, let alone policy. Right. So that that's going to come in eventually. Just not I don't think it's going to happen right away. I do think, though, several weeks from now, a month or so from now. Yeah, that there could be big problems, big ramifications from this. Uh, from this Afghan, you know, I, what do we call it? A retreat? I don't even know what we call it. So, so Nick, at the beginning of the year, you told us volatility would be the, the best trade. So I, I got to bring this up with you every couple months. I looked at VXX before this call, started the year around 70. Now it's at 28. So could volatility still be a good play this fall if there is a, a, a decline in the stock market? I think volatility can be a great play. I would sit tight for now. But we even this week we saw the actual VIX is what which is what I gauge on. I don't really gauge it the VXX, but we've had two two encounters where it went over twenty this week. So we just yesterday went I believe to twenty four and change. 
Um, whenever you come down in that pattern and you just making a, a bunch of lower highs, eventually when the real breakout takes place, you know, you can see an enormous move to the upside. Um, the other thing I'd like to point out about the market quickly is that if you look at these market internals, they're absolutely awful. You know, we see the market indexes continue to go up, but we look at an advanced decline line, which is often down two to one. We look at new highs versus new lows. We're making now new lows uh, this whole week versus more new lows than new highs on the 52-week schedule. So, you know, these are market internals. There's only so long you can get the thin leadership to continue to keep things stable. Right now, you have leadership in stocks like Microsoft. You have leadership in stocks like Apple, NVIDIA. But it's really just a small handful of equities. So when these equities go parabolic and they start to come down, what has happened is the money has shifted to another sector. And that seems to be what goes on in this market. You have bear markets within a bull market, and it's a game of hot potato. But eventually, you know, the big money says, this isn't going to continue, and, and then you start to sell. But right now, the Fed has won the game. You know, I have to tip my cap to the Fed, and I have to say, hey, the $120 billion a month of asset purchasing, interest rates at zero on the Fed funds rate, that has done the trick. And so far, they've won. Well, they win until they lose, though, right? So what, what are the telltale signs of when they start to lose and we see VIX and gold take off? Well, gold has been a great uh, a, a great indicator for us because gold has been acting pretty poorly. And it's it's gone down um, really since the July options X. And that was a quadruple witching week. And I saw gold really tumble on volume. And the last time I think I did the program with you, I said, I'm not really in love with gold, especially not the gold miners, and they've gone significantly lower since then. So I think gold right now is ultimately going to set up as the greatest inflationary trade we've ever seen, but it's going to take some time. I think right now, if we get a pop in gold, you'll see you know, a move up maybe to the high 1800s or maybe somewhere in there, but I don't see gold breaking out right now. But what I do think is going to happen you're going to have bond yields fall one more time, which they're slipping now, and then they're going to take off to the upside, and they're going to scream higher. And that probably, you know, higher yields usually affect gold prices, keep them down. So I think um, we're going to see yields um, start to take off again. I don't know if it's going to be, um, you know, how soon it will, it will happen, but I really think this is the last dip we're going to get in yields, and then yields take off to the upside. And that probably that probably keeps gold a little bit suppressed for now. So when do you expect gold to make its move, though? I mean, is it this year or are you putting it off till next year? No, I would probably put it off some to next year or even even a little bit down the road. For me, it's always about the numbers. And when we get into them, we land into those numbers, then I'll be I'll be looking for that trade. Not to say you can't get short term trades or bounces like you're getting a little bit of a bounce in gold now. Um, gold is holding up. Gold miners, though, are really not acting very well. So whenever the miners do not lead the metal, I'm always in caution mode. I don't believe in the move in gold is, is quite ready. You're going to get another significant pullback in it, or, or even correction, I should say. And then you'll get a great lifetime buying opportunity. I mean, like a 1999, 2000 opportunity to own gold. Within the next few years, you would expect that to oh, happen? Absolutely. absolutely. I would say 
you know, 18 months to 24 months, gold sets up as one of the best trades you'll ever have. Okay. And, and think about it, though. Gold is real money. So, you know, here we are, you know, printing all of this money. The Fed's balance sheet is, I don't even know how high it is now. It's enormous. The, Fed, the, 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 the debt, the debt, U.S. debt is now approaching $30 trillion. If they push through another $5 trillion in debt like they're thinking, we're at $35 trillion. Who in their right mind outside of the Federal Reserve will own a U.S. Treasury? Nobody. So yields have nowhere to go but go up, and they'll go up, they'll go up significantly. Arcana Silver is on the verge of bringing the world's highest grade silver mine into production. The Revenue Virginia's mine in Colorado has proven and probable silver reserves grading nearly 37 ounces per ton silver, with all-in sustaining production costs of only $8 per ounce of silver. The mine is fully funded and permitted with infrastructure already in place and has announced production will commence in 2021. Achieving successful production should result in a significant upward share price re-rating on the Lassonde curve. Arcana trades under the ticker A UN in Toronto in AUNFF in New York. To learn more, go to arcana.com. That's A U R C A N A.com. Nick, since you just laid out your 18 uh, month to two year forecast for gold in the miners, just remind listeners how you played gold this year because you had some accurate calls. Yeah. So, you know, this year I, I, I told everybody that, you know, gold was going to drop and I, I, you know, pretty much picked it off. I got the March lows and it wasn't an easy trade because it had a bounce and then it came back and did a retest. And I said, hey, this is this is a gift. They're giving you a second chance here. And uh, gold took off from there. So we did really, really well on on several gold plays. Um, I had numerous gold plays in there. And then, um, you know, it really stopped around that options expiration in June. I thought gold would actually go a bit higher. Um, I wasn't expecting, you know, breakouts to new all-time highs, although I did think there could be a chance of that. But now the chart pattern's not the same. So I've tracked gold throughout my career pretty well. I've done pretty well in it, in, in silver and the, the miners. I, and you know, there's there's times when um, when the when the charts tell you to turn, you got to you as a trader, you got to make that adjustment and turn with it. You know, you can't always stick to the to the playbook that you originally had. Sometimes, you know, those plays you got to scratch out and say, hey, I got to go uh, go the other way with it now. But uh, for me, I think gold has one more dip and um, a pretty significant one at that after this little minor up move. And then um, you'll get another great, great opportunity, much lower price, too. Oil. Oil has been sliding downward for seven straight days. You see that continuing. We're at $62 a barrel. Yeah, I do think oil can continue a little bit lower. You're probably a little bit oversold now. So we may see some more upticking. Geopolitical events can also affect oil. I was recently short crude. I made some money. I wish I didn't get out of it. Or I wish I would have put the position back on. But um, right now, when you look at, at crude oil, you know, we were in the United States was an in, in, uh, energy independent. And here we are, you know, begging OPEC to print uh, to, to pump more crude. So it, it, it's funny how this all works out. But for me, it's about the charts and. You know, I still think crude probably can settle out around the mid 50s. I don't think it goes much lower than that. Are you shorting anything right now? Um, I have a little, a uh, little short on right now in the S and P 500. Um, more of a hedge than anything, but I think you know ultimately it's going to be a longer term play for me. And um, I'm basically flat on that. And I own the dollar. I've owned the U.S. dollar now for several months, and that's done well for me. I think I'm up about 
8% on that. So, um, you know, those are the only two plays that I have that are betting against the market, so to speak. Other than that, I have longs out there. And what's your best trade you made in the last 30 days since we last spoke? Uh, I've, I've had a few good options plays out there um, recently. Um, but I have to say the dollar play for me is the best one because as the markets came on the turbulence, people don't understand if the U.S. markets fall, the dollar is going to go up. Because the dollar only goes, the markets only go up when the dollar falls. So I pride myself on that trade. I, I kind of like having that where everybody, you know, is is so anti-dollar. I said, no, no, this is the time to get in. And it's, it's, it's you know, long dollar shirt euro. But um, I, I think that's the, the play I'm most proud about, at least for now. Before Biden was elected, you said, if he is, you're going to sell everything. Have you kind of rethought that philosophy now? No, no, not at all. Um, I think you just got to trade the markets until you get the sell signal, though. But I, this has been probably the most cautious year I've ever traded. I, I mean, in, in the last, probably since 08. I mean, you know, 08, I had a lot of shorts on board, so that was good. But this year, really, I have not overpositioned myself. I've traded, you know, very, very cautiously this year because even though the indexes have moved higher and it looks like things are so wonderful, there have been bear markets in so many different sectors and industry groups. And, you know, that, that's what people don't understand is that, yeah, m- maybe we didn't have um, a collapse in the indexes. But what we did have is bear markets throughout so many different areas, whether it's the SPACs, whether it's the small caps. And, you know, now you're seeing the industrials roll over like copper stocks and things like that. So it's a trader's market, and you got to be very, very careful this year. I called it the year of trading dangerously. I knew already this was going to be that kind of grinded-out year. It's just the way it is. The one year of a decade is very, very tough. It always is. It's not a trendy market. It's where you have a lot of chop, and you got to be able to navigate through that. Excellent. And last question, what have your subscribers been asking you the most in the last 30 days? They're asking me, when is the top going to be in? That's that's pretty much the question, you know, because people see these ugly internals, as I was talking about before, where the advanced decline line is so terrible. New lows, 52 week lows are outpacing new 52 week highs. The leadership is down to nothing. I mean, you know, when you look at the the groups of stocks that are out there, it's it, it, the leadership is so small now. Those are all indications that the market is going to top. But like everything. Um, you know, you get these little pullbacks and they last two or three days. They look terrific, like the market's going to crater. And then you get a big rally, a short squeeze. So you could make a case that since 2009, every rally that we've seen has been a short squeeze. So I tell them right now, be patient on the market has to give you more indications. And when it does that, you know, then we'll we'll trade it like it's a final top. But I do think that. um 2021 has been a challenging year, especially for me. And I've been doing this for a long time. I'd be the first to admit it. But, you know, if you navigate through it, you know, you still make some money. And more importantly, don't try, you know, try not to lose money in this environment. That's the the key. Now you sound like Warren Buffett here, Nick. (laughs) You know, there's a reason why that guy is uh, the second or third richest man, right? So, you know, you got to protect yourself and, um, you know, don't over position yourself, but you'll know, You'll know when this market tops, it gives you a pretty good indication when it happens. So even though you haven't been so right on volatility yet, you're still up significantly on the year. 
Yeah, it's not my greatest year. It's not like it was last year. Last year, I was, you know, crushing it. This year is more challenging, right? So, um, but, you know, positive across the board. And what you try to do is you just try to navigate and, and take the best setups. What I've done now, I've kind of switched my strategy. I just really take trades that I think are going to work out immediately. I'm no longer looking far out. I'm staying shorter term. And if I have to take that quick profit, 4 or 5%, I got to take it off the board. That's fine. And then I'll go find the next one. And I think that's how you have to adapt and change. Um, as before, I would hold something and I'd cut, I'd sell half and I'd let the rest run for a much bigger gain. But these days, we're not getting those second half runs. Uh, the market is just going, money's going from one industry group to another industry group to another industry group, sector to sector. They're playing a game of hot potato. And, uh, you know, until that changes, we got to play that game with them. Nick, that's good advice. And especially for YouTube listeners, you can look behind Nick's right shoulder and the screens are red. <laughs> There's multiple screens behind Nick for audio only listeners and those screens are red. So as you were talking, I was like, that's good advice. <laughs> you know, any market that you get into, um, you always have to just follow the charts. And that's why I use them. Charts will tell you the trend is your friend, except at the end. And if there's no trend, then you got to just limit your activity. Doesn't mean you can't trade or find a good trade. Just limit your activity. The problem with a lot of young traders and newer traders is that they've only dealt with a bull market. They've only experienced a one track or one way uh, market. It's going you know, from the lower left to the upper right. But the truth of the matter is markets don't always do that. You, know, you have the Federal Reserve in there and they are printing a lot of money. The European Central Bank, they are printing just as much money. The Bank of Japan, Australian Central Bank. I mean, it's unprecedented the amount of cash that is flooding the system. When they retreat that cash, then, you know, the, the system's not going to be uh, as robust as it has been. And, you know, you got a lot of Robin Hood traders out there. You got a lot of people that are new to this business. They only know that one way market, but markets are not always going to go up. And that's that's something people will find out. We'll conclude with that advice. Nick's website, again, is inthemoneystocks.com. You can go over there to learn more about Nick's uh, options and trading services. And we'll be touching base with Nick again in 30 days. So thanks for coming on today's show. Uh, thank you for having me, Bill. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly.
The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents. But it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.